0: Tuesday morning at JM and the AM, we've uh, been telling you that Ohel has announced their annual gala. It's happening Sunday night, November the 23rd at the New York Marriott Marquis on Broadway in New York City. Many distinguished honorees, and we have a couple of distinguished guests in our studio this morning. At JM in the AM, Maish Hellman is, of course, co-president of OHEL, has joined us on many occasions to discuss the incredible work of this organization. Maish Hellman, a good yard to you, and welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you, Enochem. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: I appreciate that very much. And one of the components, there are a lot of things happening on November the 23rd at the OHEL dinner. Many distinguished honorees, as usual, and a great testimonial speaker. But today, or at least for the first part of our conversation I want to concentrate on a major announcement that's been made by Ohel, and with that, we have the privilege of uh, welcoming a very special guest. Ohel has announced at their 45th annual gala, happening on November the 23rd, a legend herself, Mrs. Miriam Lubling of blessed memory. Uh, her tribute, her memorial tribute, will take place that night. Mrs. Lubling, as the announcement says. Uh, always said, I take care. And if I remember from my own personal experience what that meant was that Mrs. Lubling essentially will take any situation you have with a hospital or medical problem and she will make sure to jump into action and take care of it. Ohel is pleased to announce the creation of Ohel Miriam, the Mrs. Lubling Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response It'll be headed by their world-renowned expert, Dr. Norman Blumenthal. You have an opportunity to pay tribute to Mrs. Lubling's legacy of chesed by contributing to this brand-new center of comfort, Uh, reservations, journal ads, whatever you need to know regarding the dinner. It's ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org. And today we get to meet the son of this amazing legend, Hanoch Lubling, is in our studio this morning at JM and the AM. Good morning to you.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here. What is, I was about to ask you, what is it like to be the son of a legend? First of all, do you agree that in fact, your mother was a legendary figure?
2: Yes, she was. Uh, she was a great mother, grandmother, as well
0: as a legendary figure. And how did she get into the industry of chesed? How did she first sneak into the area of life in New York City, where she became so well-known in hospitals and medical facilities all around town?
2: Uh, there was a time uh, my father was uh, I had a brain injury in Israel uh, as a result of an accident, and the chesonish and all the Rabbanim told us to go to the U.S., where. This was in nineteen fifty three, Israel was just born right. and uh we came here uh to America uh for my father's medical care and uh, my mother realized that without um without some uh what we call pull or without uh, somebody advocating in your behalf you can get Protaxia. lost. yeah. Right. You can get <laughs> lost in <clears throat> you can get lost in hospital uh uh atmospheres and therefore she undertook uh to help uh, people who need help in medical institutions and with doctors and etc but i want to tell you that growing up um, um, we were very close to the precursor of ol because as a teenager uh, my mother always said that the ultimate people sick need are people with disabilities mental right. disabilities physical disabilities and so she would arrange uh for parties before Yuntif at the willowbrook where they had a lot of people with physical disabilities. well-known we went,
0: facility, right?
2: Right. And uh, we went to Kings County, uh, people with mental disabilities. We went to um, uh, Rockland County Psychiatric, and she would get Rabbi Joshua Silbermans to come, <laughs> and she would get uh, um, a few people with uh, music instruments and a singer, and we would uh, spend uh, before Yuntif many Fridays. These
0: institutions one of the things that made her legendary and obviously yet yet another gift from God was her longevity in this area. I mean, if she started in one thousand nine hundred and fifty three she, she just left us recently, and she was going at it basically till the end, right correct, uh,
2: even at the end when she no longer Felt uh, capable of pushing doctors. She would go to the big colon room she founded at NYU and make sure that it was stocked and there was food. And <laughs> if there wasn't food, God helped the supplier. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> and if a doctor didn't want to help somebody immediately, right. God helped them as well, right? right. Um, and, and, and we have a lot of listeners and a lot of people around the world, and a lot of younger people, believe it or not. They may not have heard of Mrs. Lubling. How do we sum it up? Basically, the greatest uh, patient advocate, in the history of our community could that be one of the ways to say it
2: that's one way to say it but she really felt for every uh, every individual I think that's um, that was basically what drove her and um, uh, you know they, they tell amazing stories about the, the doctors repeat um, but I hear it from thousands of people literally uh, you carried the name, Lublin, the first question. Yeah, I was, can
0: imagine. Uh, oh gosh. And, and people tell
2: me, you know, simple stories, you know, sitting in an emergency room Friday afternoon, I can't get, I can't get discharged, all of a sudden this lady comes running through, says, what are you waiting for, what are you waiting for, what are you waiting for, and arranges for whoever needs a bed to get a bed, whoever needs to get out, and waiting in an emergency room is a common
0: right. occurrence. It's not, nothing. It's big but, problem in New York. Right.
2: And, and he says, out of nowhere, this lady who I don't know just comes by and, and makes things happen.
0: Why were doctors, and I don't know if this is a fair word or not, but I saw this personally. Why are were doctors so intimidated by her?
2: I think because they knew that she won't say no, uh, that they she won't take a no. She meant business. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, I I mean, when I my mother's. Um, when she was ill at the end, I used to take her to hospitals and I would walk down the hall with her. Sometimes she was in a wheelchair. She she had this practice of when she sees a doctor or an administrator come by, she'd jump out of the wheelchair. They shouldn't think she's weak. always she oh. told me, you know, they shouldn't, antist- you know, they shouldn't lose their uh, fear. And so uh, doctors would stop me and tell me stories. And, and uh, she was really, they loved her because she knew what she did was
0: because she cared. Unbelievable, Like the ball player who doesn't want to be carried off the field. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and frankly, and I'm sure you heard this many times, uh, I, I had many a phone conversation with her. And it was difficult to understand her. I mean, her, her accent was from right, was Poland. From, was a Polish accent. And it was difficult. And I would think that it, it made it even more difficult for the uh, American doctors to either relate to her or to even understand sometimes what the request was.
2: And that's true. You know, I was once by the square Rebbe, should be well. He and, knew who she was. And he knew what she was because he told me that he gets regards from her every day. People come to square for bruches and they say, Mrs. <laughs> and he told me that he once personally needed her help for a doctor, for a son. So he told me that he asked the same question. And right. And he says that, uh, you know, we see by uh, Miguel Sester that the Vati Esther Naisachain, they wish they gave her a certain ability to be Naisachain. Nice and and she obviously has this power that God gave her to be Noisechain by doctors. Amazing.
0: Hanoch Lubling, one of our great visitors this morning. We'll talk more about the dinner in just a moment. Um, anybody today, essentially, and maybe you could help me elaborate on this, anybody today, in, in any city, certainly in the United States, and even I would say maybe the entire world, who sets up Iker Holam rooms, who stocks those rooms before Shabbos, who delivers. Food for Shabbos and even during the week to hospital patients. Who brings newspapers and whatever else a patient may need on a regular basis. It, this is all in some way related to her.
2: Correct, and I have to tell you, there are a, a really, really a great number of organizations. Uh, you see people bringing food every day for patients. Yeah, very organized putting, efforts now, right? Yeah, but but I think my mother did this before it was. Oh, yeah. uh, before
0: it was so common. And, and I think she was a pioneer in this field. And before there were teams of people doing it mm-hmm. and a really organized effort. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can imagine how much, I, I mean, again, if she started in 53, uh, you know, just with this whole practice, so obviously you remember a great deal of this even as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it must have been constant running to every medical institution in the city practically. Right. I mean, and, there are Jewish and, people everywhere
2: who right. need help. And, and she developed, she developed a relationship in NYU where they ultimately elected her, elected her as a trustee and, uh, they all respected her, but, uh, she would go anywhere. I mean, right. people would tell me stories that, um, they walked with her on Shabbos from <laughs> Kings County where, you know, she brought a doctor to see a patient, a kid that had an accident and it was Shabbos, and they walked home with her. So she, you know, she schlepped
0: her doctors all over. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you. And the 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 fear. I mean, I actually had an experience once where a doctor said to me, "We'll take care of it. I beg of you, don't tell Mrs. Lublin." I mean, could you imagine an answer like that? Just don't tell Mrs. Lublin that you know it's taking me an extra five minutes to get to it. But I guess you've heard that a million
2: times, yeah, also. I, I have. <laughs> and and um, you know, I, I recently uh, met a doctor who told me a story who I'd never heard. You know, a lot of stories are really there's some books that have stories. In right. fact. Uh, some doctors wrote books where they uh, where they include where her they stories. Include her <laughs> they include stories about her. I recently met a doctor. He's a, um, a pediatric gastro expert, right. and uh, very hard to get to, just almost impossible. He's uh, chief of the department, and um, uh, somebody was here from out of town with a kid who couldn't hold down food, a baby who kept vomiting, right. and they wanted to see this doctor. And uh, so my mother called, and um, and the nurse spoke to the doctor. He came back. He said, look, he can't see her today because he has a commitment tonight. He's booked all day. He has a commitment tonight. Mm-hmm. My mother said, just one patient. And the nurse came back <laughs> saying, Mr. Luling, the doctor loves you, but you just can't do it. So the doctor tells me that he came out of his office at 7 o'clock with his coat and briefcase, and there's my mother with <gasps> this patient with the child. And she says, I know you have a commitment. You go home, but come back early. We'll be here. He
0: made, he made the appointment for her. Right, right. No,
2: no, and she, she actually offered to sit all night and sleep in the office. Meaning she would wait till she he gets back. She would wait back. till he gets back. And so he turns to me and says, So I have to cancel my commitment.
0: Well, when the person says they're going to wait till you get back, you, you take care of that patient immediately. Crazy question. Aside from the basic knowledge that any Jewish mother would have, did she know anything about medicine? Did she become an expert in any area of medicine? No, but she knew which doctor. She
2: knew every doctor's expertise. So, and when she would hear a problem, she would ask you what the problem is. She would know which doctor to send you. And if she didn't know, she'd actually call a doctor to ask. You know, can you give me a name? Who's the right physician to send this person? So,
0: she, didn't, uh, uh, she didn't. She um, didn't hesitate to get a consultation right. Uh? Right. <laughs> in case she didn't know something. And what about middle of the night stories? Do you remember a lot of activity in the middle of the night, or those um, are exaggerated?
2: I, I I don't remember because I've been out of the house right, for so point. long. But, but my, let me correct. There was no middle of the night. <laughs> for <laughs> her, it was always daytime. For <laughs>
0: well, it was always daytime. There was no middle of the night.
2: Uh, but my, my two sons lived with her after my father passed away. My oldest son lived and then my younger son, and they both said that uh, she would be woken at all hours. Right, can imagine? Especially from Israel, people would call it was night here, it was day there. Right.
0: And for those listening who grow up, in high-profile homes where where parents are really involved in a tremendous number of community activities. Is it possible to be a great... Mother and grandmother under those circumstances? Well,
2: absolutely. My mother was a perfect example and she never missed an upsharing. She never missed. She used to have a birthday party in her house. She would cook. She was a great cook and she loved to cook. Mrs.
0: Lovely was a great so, yeah, cook. Yeah,
2: she'd stay up nights. She, she, her schedule was she'd be busy <laughs> in the day. In the morning she had a, a nursery kindergarten. Then she'd go to the hospital. Then in the evening she would go to weddings because when people were sick in the hospital, they would say, how can I repay? She said, invite me to your symptoms. All right. And and she told me that was her release, because all day she saw pain and suffering. I remember seeing her at a million weddings. Yeah, so, so and then when she'd come home from the wedding, she'd cook. And I used to ask her, mom, Mommy, you really have to sleep? And she said, after 120, I'll have plenty of time to sleep.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, uh, when I when I started this conversation, I said that Mrs. Lubling's quote that Ohel oh, uh, is uh, is now publicizing to the world was "I take care." Was I accurate that what what she meant by that was "Don't worry about anything. I'm on the case." Absolutely, that that's was what it.
2: She meant. And and she would. Uh, I have to tell you at her levaya in Eretz I have I was happened to have been in to throw at the time of her petira because I was there for a grandchild's wedding, and at the uh, levaya um, it was on a Friday afternoon, and it was uh, a marathon in Jerusalem. So you can imagine, right. uh, we didn't get started till two o'clock, and we had to finish before Shabbos and get back to Shavuot And so they said, "No, has paid him." So I begged to say a few words, and my son was there. He said a few words, but then uh, one person insisted
0: had to speak. That he
2: had to speak <laughs> because he never got a chance to thank her. He was stuck in Boston with a kid, and um, the, the hospital wanted money. And um, he couldn't raise the funds. Someone said, call Mrs. Lubling. And that's exactly what she told him.
0: Unbelievable. I take care. I take care. And how many people did she, in fact, we didn't even concentrate on how many people she had to raise money for to get a lot right. of these things done, aside from the connections right. and the begging doctors and sitting all night in doctors' offices, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Lubling is here. Mike shaman, of course, co-president of OHEL, oh the big annual gala. Is going to feature a big tribute to Mrs. Lubling. She is. She left us how long ago? Um, in March. Just this other right. Just as past March. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, why is it so appropriate that Ohel and Mrs. Lubling now will be linked forever? So I, what I want, what I was starting to tell you before was before uh,
2: part of her asylum was for uh, her care for disabled uh, people, and she cried all the years that there isn't an Ohel that people in Willowbrook. Right. And people were in Kings County and people were in Rockland. That so, our
0: community was not right. taking care of. Them. And
2: right. and um, when Ol opened up, she jumped in right away, and she was—I uh, don't think she missed a Purim party for Ol children. Not <laughs> only did she not miss a Purim party, she got dressed up
1: like a young child. She got dressed up with, in a with the kids with a costume. Oh, I remember her with a purple shaitel, and uh, someone put on her head. I mean, she was a sport. <laughs> she was. Uh, uh, one of the stories that Chanoch uh, failed to mention was that there was a doctor. Epstein whose specialty was something with cranial um, uh, this, uh, brainstem uh, huh? brainstem brainstem and uh he was going on vacation. She went to the airport and she says, "Listen, I have this case that needs that just came in from Israel that needs this operation tomorrow. You can go on vacation later." come back and he came back true story she
0: stopped a doctor she stopped at an airport a doctor in an
1: airport and he and he thanked her for it and i have many many stories because i was um she she called me her adopted nephew uh and um i had this horse to take her with me um, my wife Rosie, to florida um and we, we i was with her a lot and we saw her in action um the way she got involved specifically with Ohel was also what Chanoch mentioned in addition she went to one of the homes and uh, as Chanoch mentioned she she had a uh, nursery and she met a few of her of the children of her students who were in that nursery who were unfortunately um disabled and they uh she found them in Ohel not knowing where they were in between and um that sort of she she just she broke down right there and uh, she told me I want to be involved and um, she became a board member and um, we we just uh, we have a home that's named uh, for Miriam of course we're making this program L'zei Chanishmas Rabbi St. Miriam and um, I think Rabbi Moshe Shera had the right term for Mrs. Lublin. He says, the angel of mercy. Oh, yeah. And I think that's exactly what it was. And you asked before why the doctors do this. They saw the sincerity. It was so clear. The sincerity, there was, dude, she had no nagiya. She had no ulterior motive just to help. And it came through loud and clear. Maybe the first time they couldn't believe that there was someone <laughs> so devoted. But once they did believe it and, and for good reason, um, they were, she could do what she wants. Cause they, so I was with her when we visited Tom Tisch, who was the president, the chairman of the board of NYU. Right. And I could tell you besides the there are Um, and it was very difficult for Mrs. Lubin to walk from, this was a uh, two years ago to walk from the car. Uh, so he, he says, pull up on the sidewalk in front of my building and I'll have the car watched. And when we left he came down and it was i was backing out and it was difficult because it was 56th street i believe and cars were coming by and i just really he got into the street and stopped i said mr tish you could have gotten the doorman he says no not for mrs luggin he says for her i have the utmost respect for what she does i will personally do that
0: You know, you mentioned these doctor stories, and especially the one with the airport. Uh, For those familiar with the Mishnah, there are a lot of interpretations, Tov Shabarofim, and what we say about good doctors traditionally. I guess that was her attitude, sort of like, you know, you think it's you who's in control of your schedule as a servant of God, as a messenger of God when it comes to health? No, 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 it's not you who makes a decision. Someone needs you now. And I think it's sort of... The, the attitude she conveyed, especially, as the doctors we see in many cases agreed with her and said, okay, i got to drop everything and, and go take care of it. And they did. Literally, is a messenger of God. And they did. It's America's one and only Jewish moment in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at dot O-Hell's annual gala happens on Sunday night, November the 23rd at the New York Marriott Marquee. Uh, many distinguished honorees, of course, and the Angel of Mercy Memorial tribute to Miriam Lubling. Mrs. Lubling will be remembered for her amazing career uh, spanning over half a century in the area of Chesed and Bikur Cholim. And, you know, it's funny, uh, uh, Chanoch Lubling is here, Mrs. Lubling's son, Mai Shalman, president, co-president of OHEL. Uh, we talk about... Um, Role models, and recently, because of all the attention with the Lubavitch Rebbe's 20th yard side, we were talking about his stamina. And if you, if someone would complain that they, you know, don't have the time or the energy to do something, you know, to, complaining to him would be a it would be fruitless because, you know, obviously he was such a role model. If if somebody would in fact uh, complain or say they don't have the time or can't make the effort or can't go raise the money for something in the area of Beaker Cholom, I guess we would point to Mrs. Lubling and say, uh, look what she did. She's running to airports and raising millions of dollars when necessary and constantly on the phone with doctors and working in the middle of the night and still raising a family at the same time. And running to
1: five
2: chasimis in between. Right,
0: which is unbelievable. I saw her at every event. She was at every event.
2: You know, it's funny when my mother would ask somebody to do something to help and the person would say, I'm busy. My mother would right. say, perfect. I need busy ah.
0: people. Busy
2: people <laughs> always have time for everything.
0: That's it. And who was busier than her and always found time for everything? Just incredible. Um, it, tell me, Maish, about the, uh, about the, uh, Ohel Miriam. This is going to be a Mrs. Lubling Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response. This is being done with Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who has been an amazing addition for Ohel, right, till this point?
1: That's correct. Uh, Dr. Norman Blumenthal has the ability to be the ultimate professional, yet he can put himself into the matzah of Loyalene, who's someone who, who needs to come on to him. Um and of course no one should need him, and I always say, you know, people tell me oil oh, should be Matzliach, uh, and should grow. I said, no, that's not the answer. All oh, should, should, there should be no need for a Noel and it should close down. Um and um but uh, as long as there is a need, we will be there. And yes, Dr. Norman Blumenthal is the ultimate mensch, the ultimate professional. Um I've, um, had, the. Uh, the privilege of uh, uh, sending him a few people, uh, and uh, that that I knew, and that, that, that you know, people chaynu yisrael love to get to the president, whether it's uh, me or Mel Zachter, my uh, co-president, who is just wonderful. They say two uh, two heads don't work well together. <laughs> well. I'm, we're proving them wrong.
0: They found the right to. With the,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, um, just, it's, um, there's, there's no one in this world that I would love to share the presidency other than Mel. He's he just, he's phenomenal. And, um, the, uh, m- Mrs. Lubling, Zachroina Lavrocha is, um, I, I, as I speak about her, I, I well up with tears. And, um, she came to board meetings. Uh and she we allowed we don't allow any uh cell phones to ring at a board meeting. Obviously it's very right. disturbing, distracting. Her cell phone we only not only did we <laughs> just ask her to to tone it down, <laughs> keep it loud and clear because there it's Pikuach Nefesh. When you get a telephone call, it's not from the (laughs) Scheitelmacher.
0: It's... it's You know, it's serious.
1: And at the the dinner, she sat at the dais. How many times... And it's quiet. You can hear a pin drop. And all of a sudden, her phone rings. (laughs) And no one who knows her got upset. No one, because they knew exactly the, where that phone call is coming from. It's, as I said, it's, it's, it's not a simcha.
0: Did she ever shake up a board meeting like she shook up the doctor's offices? Or uh?
1: <laughs> She did. She did. As a matter of fact, we have Camp Cayley, uh, which is a camp for typical children, four-weeks boys, four-weeks right. girls, typical, and children with challenges. Right. And it's really wonderful. We have uh, close to 300 campers Uh, uh, boys and three hundred campus girls, four weeks and four weeks, and Miss, we were debating whether to go into this. It was a big expense, a a a massive undertaking, and I remember at the meeting, Mrs. Lublin says, "Of course, you got to do it," and I truthfully was hesitant. Um, and um, she was helpful in raising the funds. And Baruch Hashem, the camp is, is um, a lot of success is, is in her schus, is, is one of the many, 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 many schools that she has in Kal Yisrael.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, the Ohel annual gala, November the 23rd. There are a lot of honorees that night. Uh, we should mention that uh, in addition to the memorial tribute for uh, Mrs. Lubling, the Community Partnership Award will be given to uh, Abraham Banda and the Pomegranate uh, Corporation Store, Mega Store, whatever you want to call it. It's a... It's a, it's a noun of it in and of itself at this point.
1: It's a mega store. It's got a mega heart. Mr. Banda's heart behind is it. behind it. And he's such an enormous heartsicker mensch. Besides being a tremendous bal Chesed and Baal Tzedakah, he does it with, with, with such sincerity and he Really doesn't want his name out there. It's not his name. Of course, Pomegranate needs the, uh, the publicity, but Banda doesn't, and Banda doesn't want it. Uh, he's, he's really the ultimate chesed, and he, he does a lot of chesed that people don't know. People haven't got a clue, and I don't either. Um, uh, he employs Ohel clients in employed, pomegranate at pomegranate you walk in there you will see you may you may not see because some of them right. have improved so much uh, uh, men and women who have challenges whether they suffer from schizophrenia depression or a combination whatever uh, Loyolano it, it might be he employs them and and with open arms um, And I'd like to encourage other uh, uh Employer. Places to employ these people. They, they, they are good. They are sincere. They're devoted. Maybe a little bit challenged. So what? We're all challenged in different ways. <laughs> and um, they can only be helpful. And the chesed and the schusim that you have, the Ruben Shalom knows. And Mr. Banda has a ton of schusim. And pomegranate, uh, I, I, I don't know if he's listening or he's not listening, but I can tell you that pomegranate deserves to be supported. Uh besides that he was the first one of its kind, but it it's just the service you see the employees. The employees attitude towards customers is not just, well you're a customer, I gotta be nice to you. It's just that's the way we are. And um I, I salute uh, Mr. Banda.
0: So he'll be recognized that evening. The Pioneers of Advocacy Awards were by Philip and Robertson Malcolm Goldberg, who are called here heroes of Willowbrook.
1: I could. Uh, I remember. I, I'm involved in OHel now. I believe it's uh, 42 years of the 45 years of OHel's existence, and I remember not knowing Rabbi Goldberg, but I heard that there was a chaplain in Willowbrook named Rabbi Goldberg. Mm. He was advocating. We this is before OHel had the base Ezra program, right. which is for developmentally disabled uh, men founded. and women and he pushed us to go into it, to get these children out of Willowbrook, and uh, it's uh, he deserves a tremendous yashakoyach. He was uh, uh, instrumental, very much so, in the beginning of Base Ezra, the division for the development of disabled uh, men and women.
0: And before I go to my final words with Hanoch Lubling, we should mention, My that OHEL has announced a change in format for this year's gala, are you aware of this? That there's going to be a buffet dinner that starts the evening, and then the program will begin at about six thirty that night. Are you familiar with this? Were you at the board meeting for that decision, Misch? I was.
1: I was. I was at the pre-board meeting. I was on that many. That sounds telephones. like it was
0: your idea. It
1: was not my idea, and um, I um, hope it succeeds. Um, it's a new format, as you said. We're trying something It's worked different. very
0: well for a lot of organizations, I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, People yeah, like me love it. You lo- people love it because the program goes quicker. Yeah, it starts quicker, earlier. It, it goes nicer. It doesn't seem as long. Right. Um, we can accomplish the same thing, and everyone, it should be enjoyable. I, yeah. The truth is that if I went a dinner, just give me this smorgasbord sm- and let me go home. <laughs> um, but a dinner is a dinner. You know, we once had a dinner in spirit. People say, what do you need, the dinners for? You oh, spend- no food, huh? No, well, no, no, we sent an invitation. Right. We invite you to stay home. <laughs> and, <You're laughs> and enjoy always- your night at home. Enjoy your <laughs> night at home, but please send us the same donation you did, and because you, you're complaining that... How did that go? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> you know. But to me, it's this is a change. And, um, I mean, it's Hashem with the people's cooperation. i I, I hope and I, uh, I misspelled that it works. I believe it will.
0: Well, like I told Robert
1: you, Katz, uh, uh, and I spoke to Michael Schick and uh, they feel that it, it should work very, very yeah. well. Well,
0: I've seen, like I say, I've seen it and it has worked really well in other places. So it should be with great hatzlacha for everybody at OHA. Amen. Um, the uh, Ohel oh Miriam, the Mrs. Lubling Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response will be created officially on the evening of November the 23rd with the memorial tribute to Mrs. Miriam Lubling. Chanoch Lubling, my final question, not to put you on the spot, because it really really isn't fair, but I don't know, in your family I would have to assume that that there's got to be at least somebody. Has the legacy of Chesed continued? Has anybody in your or the next generation been told, oh, yeah, of course you took care of that, you're Mrs. Lubling's grandchild or child or whatever the case may be? (laughs)
2: Um, Unfortunately, uh, at least, uh, I don't feel I have my mother's talents. Um, I've tried, um, and... I'm hoping some grandchildren will emulate her, um, but so far I haven't seen a replacement in the it's family. It's a very yet.
0: tough act right. to follow, you know. Right.
2: But but I do want to tell you, uh, just talking about sure. Ohel, that you know my mother founded, uh, co-founded the Rifkalafa Afikacholim, right? Is her number one organization. But she actually she always
0: called us about it here,
2: right? But she actually uh, had a hand in a lot of organizations right. in Tom Shabbos founding in Atzilah. A few sure. people know she she actually or paid for the first ten oxygen tanks
0: for Hatsal.
2: And she pushed me into being a volunteer for a short while. Um, but um, uh the the organization that was closest to heart after the Rif and she thought it was an extension of the Rif Galafu was Ohel, because she felt that if you truly care about people who are not well, then you must care for people who are disabled and permanently not well. Yeah. And that was just an extension of her. Um, and and like so we're very honored, and we're very touched that uh, uh, O.L. Um, has decided uh, uh, to uh, establish you, this in her memory. Your
1: question, Nachum, is, it, it, you know something? When you have a malach for a mother,
2: I know, it's a tough I time to how follow. Do you,
1: you don't become a malach. Uh, it, it's very, very, very difficult. And, um, but,
0: uh, but like I said earlier, any organized beaker Holan and anybody who's running with chalos on Arab Shabbos and with newspapers during the week and any other small or large or calling doctors on someone's behalf, it's all with her as the, uh, as the role model. I mean, we see now, uh, you know, everybody from rebbes to organizational heads to philanthropists... To, they're all, you know, doing this type of work, or many of them are doing this type of work. It's all because of her lead in this area.
1: But you know something? You said calling. It's not only calling. She followed up. She went to visit that person. Yeah,
0: at the airport. How did it go? And what, uh, let me hear Do you. Oh, still, you mean the patients? No She question, went to visit right? the patient. Right.
1: She went to the patients, and she she followed up this doctor, that doctor. Sometimes a doctor, the patient the doctor don't get along, so she tweaked it. I mean, she, she, she babied it. She stayed with the person. Uh, I mean you couldn't drive with her I used to drive her all over the place and she had dedicated drivers but many times I, I drove her and and I, I wanted to talk to her I drove her up to the mountains many times
0: uh, during the, the summer to her daughter to,
1: <laughs> and I, I could hardly
2: talk to her
0: <laughs> She She must have loved when the cell phone was introduced, right? Well, she had a beeper before.
2: (laughs) That's how you got a hold
0: of Mrs. Lublin. Actually,
2: there was a book written by Dr. and I just can't think of his name. And he actually said that not only she referred people to him. Dr. Fred Epstein. Uh, no, I, I don't recall. I think so. And, and he wrote in the book that not only would she recommend people; he was a surgeon, right. so maybe was Epstein. But then she'd come and look at the schedule, make sure that her patients are operated on in the morning when he's fresh, <laughs> and she
0: would change his schedule around. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Has there been any uh, collection or newspaper articles, anything that? It really has impressed you since, since she passed away in terms of summing all this up or anything you could recommend for people to read if they want to hear more stories? Oh,
2: I, if they google Mishpacha had and uh, Oh, they AMI have plenty all, of coverage
0: all, on it. Yeah, and them, is guess. there going to be some type of book or I don't know. It would be Every, an, everybody asks about it. Right. It would be an amazing collection of yeah, stories, that's for be. sure. And probably wouldn't be too difficult to get, to get enough people to volunteer to tell the stories, that's for sure. Anyway, it's, it's just incredible to reminisce about an amazing legend and to, uh, uh, to inform the community about this incredible tribute being given in memory of Mrs. Lubling. It all happens at Ohel's 45th annual gala, at the New York Marriott Marquis on Sunday night, November 23rd. Best way to make reservations, you can go to the website, ohelgala.org. That's org. or obviously their regular um, web address ohelfamily.org or use the email gala at any of those methods and you'll be able to get your reservations in be there that night and I'm sure hear even more about the incredible honorees and the phenomenal memories that people have of Mrs. Lublin Thank you so much for coming thank in here today. A tremendous amount of Hatzlacha and Bracha to your entire family, as I'm sure the uh, angel of mercy continues to look down upon you. Thank you very much. And Maisha Hellman, what can I say? Oh, hell, continues to progress like crazy with more initiatives and incredible programs, including this brand new one that we spoke about today, the dinner. Should Bezrat Hashem be a major success? And uh, continued Hatzlacha.
1: Amen. I look forward to some uh, major announcements. Uh, Even more? even more oh, uh, hopefully there's Hashem. but uh, uh, my uh, honoring mrs. Luling is is to me honoring my aunt my adopted aunt and um what can I say I could you have a moment Sure. Has, uh, just uh, I have uh, when we when we went to Florida so she all of a sudden she says I have a present for you." and um she pulls out a a um some sort of a doll and with glasses and she says when i leave you'll remember me because this doll i gave you this doll she turns it around i didn't see the doll at that point she turns it around it is a replica of what she looks like and it's sitting on our couch in florida and she says i want this doll to sit on your couch every time you look at it you'll remember me So she had a tremendous sense of humor. Unbelievable. Yeah. Tremendous sense of humor. And, um.
0: And this from a woman who no one's ever going to forget. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Maisha, thank you. Hanokh, thank you. More coming up. This is a Tuesday morning edition of JM and the AM.